1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for a while. So on Mondays, uh, we have, well, we have topics every night. On Mondays, we talk about Second Amendment motivation, and whenever possible, I bring on Second Amendment activists to chat about being an activist. And uh, I don't know if Kingpin's ever been, have you ever been on, I know you've been on shows many times, but have you ever been on to be interviewed before? No. Right on. So we've got uh, a first. We've got Kingpin joining us. Uh, I'm just saying you're from Maryland and uh, been around for a while. And uh, our goal with the interview shows is to uh, give people that are listening uh, some insight to Second Amendment activists that normally you don't get because normally activists are brought on uh, for a particular reason or for to give their insight on a topic or something and then uh, often you know it's the news of the day that's the feature and not the activism or the reasons for being an activist and that kind of thing so i bring people on and i ask them just three questions who we are so I, most people i'm assuming know who the people we're talking to are but an elevator speech a couple of minutes to get people up to speed in case they're not familiar maybe uh i should ask right away at the beginning of the show like a good place to go to if you've done an interview or something for some people but um, and then to give you really the most of the show to talk about why you do what you do, because that's the that's a big key to all of this stuff. And then how you do it, because everybody's got their own um, results. Everyone's got their own accomplishments and their own successes and failures. And uh, we're doing that in 2020 something, right, 2022 with the Internet and with all these tools we've got. So with that, I like to. Uh, emulate a podcaster or an inter interviewer that I uh, valued back in the day called James Kalita. I mean, he's still out there. I follow him on Instagram still, but when he was doing his Instagram shows, he would be very no frills. He would just bring the person. When he would do his interview shows, he would just bring people, people on and say, here they are, and then let them talk. So I like to do a little bit more than that. I know who the people are, and I can have a conversation with them, but I do like to give them the mic. So I'm going to let Kingpin have the mic here ask you to tell us who you are, what you've been going, what's been doing, and then uh, as much as you want. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, why you do what you do. Uh, with that, um, again, thanks for joining us for sticking up late or staying up late. I know on your end of the country, this is midnight, but uh, thanks again. Well, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, everybody, for showing up out in the chat and all the people that will listen in the future. Uh, I'm Kingpin. My name's David Bowling, just like the game. And I live just outside of Baltimore in, in Maryland. So that's the East Coast. And uh, most people are familiar. Maryland's not exactly the most gun-friendly state uh, after 2013. So I just try my best to navigate my way around that and help people understand what happens here and then in doing that a lot of people from maryland have watched like the gun law videos and that's been an interesting thing because being able to 
correspond with people who are like, hey, I just got my my carry permit or hey, I just got my background checked on. Thanks for your video. Stuff like that is what makes it worth it to me as far as the activism part and being able to help people out and communicate with people and listen to people share their stories about it. So other than that, I'm, I'm pretty dull, actually. Right on. Well, that's one of the reasons I appreciate you sticking up, staying up late to join us tonight, because I think a lot of people get the impression that, especially when the focus is on the tip of the spear, the superhero, the person who's going above and beyond, the person who does it all, the person that does the most or the biggest or the takes the biggest piece or something, accomplishes the most, that that's all there is, and it's not even anywhere near. So the deal is, it's not about volume, it's about, um, you know, wins and it's about uh well in grassroots it's about the grass right so it's about the individuals doing stuff and um the stuff that you've done the stuff that you do is the stuff that gets done and stuff that is you know has been done did so uh i appreciate that you're willing to take the step beyond just doing stuff because a lot of people just do stuff and then go on with their lives and you know it's just one of the many things they do but i uh, take the step to uh, you know, use the internet, use the whatever tools we've got online besides just the internet in general, but then uh, facilitate and uh, help with after actions, you know, looking back and making sure things, because anybody can create action, right? But going back and focusing on it, seeing if it was worth it, if the, if the you know, the, was worth the effort, the time involved, uh, using that insight for future ones sticking around long enough. And that's the other part is the longevity that you've been around for a while uh, contributing. Another thing I'm going to eventually ask you is, you know, the motivation and stuff. So um, I do appreciate you jumping on, although you're representing a bunch of people, it's not like you've done nothing. It's not like you do it all, but you're representing a bunch of people who are in that. I think most of us, right? Just people that are people who see that there's work to be done and realize that, you can ask somebody else to do it or you can pay somebody else to do it, but you still have to monitor to see if the work gets done, right? And we've got to figure out systems in order to do that. Or, you know, we're better off when we have systems to do that. I guess we don't have to. But uh, you being part of the community and part of the, I don't know what to call it other than community. It's not really industry, but like the community that pays attention, like the, you know, it's just a different, you know, one of the layers of the community or one of the pieces of the community that's like, sticking around longer than the come and go and then having a memory and a recall and then sharing that with the people that are kind of more what do we call people that just kind of come and hang out and then things happen and they move on um anyway so i'm gonna quit talking again and say uh so that you've kind of given us an idea of you know where you're at and what you're doing it's not like you had to come on with like a resume or a list or anything you know, we'll probably end up talking about some of the stuff that doesn't necessarily come to mind as stuff you might put on a resume, but, you know, it's major stuff that you've done over the years um, or been part of, or um, again, like there's, anybody can be part of something, but come be, being part of it year after year. I don't know what that's called, you know, but like becoming part of the life of the thing, like there's that element to it too, that you sort of are representing as a guest. So all that said throwing all that on your shoulders um what's the why what do you do what you do well you could easily have not even you know you could have been you know as anonymous as a 20 dollars bill here or there and 
done, done all kinds of different things with your time. So what's the why for your projects and the way that you do what you've done? Well, uh, I care about the truth. And that's important. Agarizer's cool people. I see him a lot. I like hanging out with him. Uh, and I'm more concerned about the people who I find in this world that I consider my friends and being honest and true with them. So it's easier for me to just like the whole, like the Maryland gun law videos, those started out as videos for you guys to make fun of me over because, you know, it was always funny, Maryland's stupid and the laws and all that. So I started posting them so you guys could be like, oh, that's wild. And we could just yuck it up about it. And then that turned into, like I said before, the people from Maryland actually seeing it and corresponding back with me. So being able to help those people was an added benefit. But most of it, to that, most of it was the motivation behind all my videos was just hanging out with you guys and showing appreciation to you guys. Because when I got online, I learned everything I learned about firearms from you and Ghost and Travis and, you know, uh, Tony and, and Rick and stuff like that, Squib and so many people. So I just started throwing it back out there a little bit, and there's been a couple sprinkles here and there where I've been able to help some other people, but I've made a lot of cool relationships along the way, and I think it's important to just, you know, try to treat my friends as best as I can, and that's what I try to do with the gun review videos I put out. I, I, I try to make them so you guys will like them, you know, I guess. Uh, as far as the the two-way activism there's a lot of people in maryland that are regular everyday people that just get caught up in their life and five years later they pay attention to a new aspect of society and they realize wow there's a whole ton of laws standing in my way now and a lot of people have turned that way to the firearms industry where Maryland was just like everywhere else, you know, gun racks in the back of the trucks when my dad was a kid and all that kind of stuff and plenty of places to go out and shoot and gun stores, you know, all over the place. It was just super two-way friendly and, you know, people just never paid attention to it and slowly but surely, actually rather quickly, it turned to a super negative two-way state and most people didn't notice it because they were out living their lives, you know, taking kids to the soccer games and doing other stuff like that. So making people aware of the stuff is is really as simple as just telling people, hey, did you know that this actually happened? Are you aware? You know, a lot of people found out around the COVID time that you can't just go out and get a gun, you know, with the riots and all that where they're happening. You can't just go out to a store and buy a gun and protect your family. You've got to go through this huge process to get a license to buy a gun. Then you've got to go through a waiting period and another process just to get the gun. And a lot of people didn't even know that that existed. So I'm trying not to interrupt you, but there's a pause here. So 
one of the questions that came up there as you were kind of mentioning or you know answering an open-ended question like this is um one of my questions to you is what do you consider your contribution to the i'm gonna just say to a activism when wait when i talk to a if someone's listening to this i don't merge gun ownership with 2a or gun use or possession with 2a 2a is the focus on the civil right or the constitutionally protected right or the right that's protected by the constitution or the rights that are ours and the constitution tells the government to leave us alone about you know those elements the, the ability to uh be free those those elements um as that kind of activist um where do you what do you consider your contributions to that where because you mentioned the videos so i'm just curious well I like, I guess I, I guess the best way I would see it is I see the potential in a lot of people. That was That's what the 2A Heroes series was about. Uh, I don't look to the three-letter organizations, and I know we like to have fun and make fun of them, and I'm well aware that the NRA is a very valid organization. I don't want to see it burned down from the inside or the outside. I want to see it fixed and cleaned up. Uh, but I don't look to Wayne LaPierre to help solve 2A. I look to G-Webs for that. I look to Krabby for that. And I think that's what I try to get people to understand is how much power each individual has. You are the activist. You can be just as powerful. Uh, Gunpowder Beauty's out there. She can be just as powerful as the girls from the DC Project. All she's got to do is care and believe that she can do it. And then find good friends like she has here with gun channels to help her find that path where she can be her two-way activist and still be a mother and still be a wife and still be, you know, a full-time employee or whatever job she has. So you kind of talk about the videos and stuff. I would think that I don't know if this is something that you do intentionally or if you've put thought to it or not. I mean, it must have come up, I'm sure, over the years is a conversation at some point, perhaps, because you participate and are part of either in the panel or in the conversation of a lot of the conversations that happen in the some of the live communities on YouTube, um, or in which I guess it just means the Internet. Um, but, uh, you know, being part of that community and being the, cons a con there's different consistencies or, you know, there's things that are consistent in the community and there's things that are random and chaotic, right? And there's, there's pillars and then there's, there's a lot of different stuff going on, but you're a, you represent at least, you know, you don't, you're not obligated to, and you're not like, you know, beholden to be, but you have been a consistent player in the mix as well as um, one of the memories like you know again when you've got a a dynamic fluid situation with people coming and going and no rigid structure in place i think one of the important elements of anything like that is a memory some sort of a way to keep awareness of the bearings and the trends and the you know the flows and the what's coming so that we're not you know at risk of being having no memory have, you know of all the ways that people can abuse an or a group of people with no memory and you know that's one of the things that i see you one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on because you've done that you know you've done that for years now but 
I don't know if that's something that you had in you from before, if that's something that comes from you know, work or school or church or some kind of civic organization you were in or something, or if it's something you saw that was in need or if it was just, you know, something that you just happened to be there. Sometimes you're just walking down a path and some people look at the path and go, that's a different path than I'm on. Therefore, that person chose that path. And you're like, I'm just walking the path that was in front of me. Um, but in that same time, you're also, uh, you've got positions and you're willing to challenge people. Tons of people have positions. Everybody's got opinions, but certain people have positions, again, like things that are not alterable, things that they're judging the rest of the flow or the rest of the chaos upon, right? The, again, bearing and to provide bearing for others and to provide some consistency. So you've got some positions and then you're willing to challenge the narratives and the conversations and not necessarily in the, I'm going to be contrary to everything anybody says, but hey, when things start being less or obvious or less obvious, or, you know, maybe somebody's paying attention to this, but there's some consequences over here that are, you know, kind of obvious, but nobody's paying attention to them. I mean, you're one of those uh, type. So I don't know if that's something that you've done consciously or if that's something that, again, I'll, I'll leave it open, but that I want to throw like that element of being part of the community as an activist. Because again, you're not the only person like this, but you're one of the few, I'd say. And one that I, I know a lot of people just looking at the comments here in the middle of the night on a Monday um, that people value. Uh, I, I tend to be like as my personality, I'd rather it's so much easier just to be straightforward and honest. And it's so much easier to take a second and look at a bigger picture of things. Uh, like a lot of times you mentioned that sometimes though the hot fire is over here and we got to pay attention to that one little tiny spot of the fire and we can't take our eyes off of that when there's all kinds of water and hoses and firemen and volunteers with axes over here that you could be like, oh, we could put that fire out together. So I try to think about things and sometimes I overthink things, but most of the time the most simple direction and the most simple thought about things is usually the easiest. So people come out and blame this for that well take one second and just look at this over here and you'll see that that's not the thing the politics and the news media do it all the time with statistics 97 percent of americans love cheese sandwiches and then you look well they only polled 200 people but nobody looks to see how many people they actually polled and all those people that they polled were working at a cheese sandwich factory so that's one of the things that I try to get people to do is to step back for a second and look at what we're talking about and consciously think about what we're doing here before we start just reacting to the new hot thing. And I don't know, I spend a lot of time alone and I don't have a lot of uh, detachment issues or anything like that. So I'm, I don't. If I'm sitting here by myself all day, all night, I don't feel lonely. Like, oh, I need to go get attention or something like that. And if I'm in a crowd of people, then I'm like, okay, I'm in a crowd of people. So, uh, I don't know if that really makes any sense. Uh, I don't know. 
Some people say that literally at a rally or something like when there's actually a bunch of people showing up for a reason. Well, yeah, like like the rally, for instance, uh, being at the rally for me wasn't about being in Washington, D.C. around all kinds of people. It was about talking to the, each individual that I got to talk to at the time. And my nephew and his girlfriend was there at the time. So that was cool. I got to introduce him to a couple people. But being able to meet you. And and Jason Stewart and, and C4 Defense and Obnoxious One and, and talk to you guys and see that this is more. I already knew from the Internet that this was more than just let's get together and take pictures and say we were at this thing. You guys all actually cared about this thing. You know, and that was important to me. And that's one of the things I wanted to share with new people that came along is the people that are here doing this work not looking for a whole bunch of pats on the back are actually doing some good work. And you mentioned it all the time, being able to, you know, stand on people's shoulders that came before us. That was a lot of rambling. So I apologize. No, I'm basically, I appreciate it. And then, like I say, is it something that, uh, that you saw was a missing element or I guess you're saying it's your nature, but I mean, is it something that, uh, you figured, well, I'm the peg that they need, so I'll stay here. Or uh, as a gun person that's missing this, so I'm going to stand up. Well, I watched I watched a lot of politics over my lifetime. So I've been pretty good at picking up people who bend stories and just blatantly tell lies. And I just don't want my friends to tell, get caught up in... A headline because they read a headline and oh this guy said a bad thing when 10 paragraphs deep it says well we he didn't actually say that bad thing so when i'm around my friends i prefer my friends either be a little bit angry with me for me just being straight and saying hey that's not true you're not telling the truth or hey that's not how it goes oh this is actually what's happening because there's a lot of people that abuse especially the two-way uh you know, politicians will come out and say, you know, some crazy thing. And then all the super 10 million subscriber two-way people will run out and look at what this politician said. I, I get it. Joe Biden is against me. I'm not worried about what Joe Biden does. What I'm worried about is what G-Webs does. What I'm worried about is what Agorizer and DJ Play Nice and PM Woods and MC, what, what you guys do. If I can't trust the people that are on my team, it, it's like a football game. If what's the what's the if, if Tom Brady, you know, calls the play and the defense sacks him, he doesn't get mad at the defense and be like, "Oh, you guys shouldn't have tackled me." He goes to his offensive line and was like, "Hey, you didn't do the play that we set up, and they got me." So that's what I try to get people to understand, too, is don't worry about what the bad guys are doing, the quote-unquote bad guys. Let's look at the guys on our team that are either harming us or not doing anything at all and see which ones are actually doing something positive that we can work with. Right on. Like I say, I appreciate you sticking up in the middle of the night and letting me ask you these kind of questions out of nowhere that I'm sure a lot of people would be like, oh, I came and I believe you're asking me these questions. Uh, so I do appreciate it. So let me ask you another one as you answer that one. Um, 
you've been around for a while and you've been, I don't know how long you've been paying attention before you were even around or what, but obviously everybody's been paying attention to some level. And honestly, it doesn't matter what you've been paying attention to. As long as you've been paying attention to something, you can kind of figure out how the world works and how people relate to each other. So come to a new community and, you know, those kind of things are going to be consistent anywhere you're at. So just being an old enough human, you're going to have some awareness of, you know, dynamics of communities and stuff. But I guess the long way of asking, where do you see us in your experience from your awareness, I guess, of the gun community, gun industry, Second Amendment community, and then just the gun culture, people, you know, the, gun, the big gun culture that covers it all? Where do you think we are? Like, are we on an upward trend? Are we on a up and down? Are we uh, on some kind of slope going one way up and down or down? Are we someplace and everyone says we're somewhere else? Like, how do you see that type of chart? Is it a, I visualize everything. So are you seeing a chart or do you see, uh, or, or I'll shut up. How, where do you see us and, and are we on some kind of trajectory? Well, um, I've always been, I guess what you would call a patriot or a constitutionalist. I've always believed in America. So, you know, gun rights and all that kind of stuff uh for there's been times when i'd ask people who looking back were like super pro 2a you know ar thumper kind of people and i'd ask them well how do we keep guns out of the hands of bad people and they'd scream at me and call me a stupid liberal and all this kind of stuff and these are friends people who i peers of mine like older people that i'd been familiar with that knew me so i'm just trying to ask him a question like that's the question you can't get around john q public is going to want to know specific questions you can't just call him a stupid liberal uh but once i got into the internet community and hanging out with gun channels i mean i really got to chalk it up to what we know as gunchannels.com and those group of people is when I started learning about more of the in, in, intricacies of the the world of the Second Amendment and how much it really does mean to people. And it's broadened my horizon to understand bump stock is 2A, carry permits are 2A, holster, uh, or magazine, not holster, but magazine capacity. That's all 2A. It's not just the firearm it's not just the ar-15 there's everything involved in the right to keep and bear arms is 2a and you guys taught me all that and i learned about a lot of techniques that people use and a lot of the discussion techniques that people use to, to spread it so where do i see it now I see a lot of new people, like you mentioned, I've been around for a little while now, and I've seen some of the people come and go. I've seen a lot of the people that have come really lighted on fire. G23 is out there right now. Went from what seems like high twice to me in the chat room to four-hour Saturday long, uh, four-hour long Saturday live streams, and a huge part of the community. I mean getting 20 30 people on a live stream when you only got i don't know what's it 500 subs or whatever that's pretty impressive and to do that right away uh the reloading guys have all been fantastic 
a Guns and Barbecue has come along and stole every idea from everybody on the internet and just really lit it up. Uh, super dedicated people that have DM Foss is, is newer uh, since I've been coming around and just absolutely on fire. So I think the people that have come along are people that are 100% in it. And then I think some of the people that have obviously been there, most of them I don't I consider 100% in it. There's a few of them that that I even some of the few famous ones that I have a few issues with. Uh, but I truly think that they do way more good than they do harm. And that's just for us. As far as the the world go or the the country goes. 20 plus states have constitutional carry now. Maryland has uh, shall issue instead of may issue. Uh, I, I really do think that, that the Second Amendment is making quite a lot of strides. I think uh, constitutionalism, pro-Americanism, that whole thing is making a lot of strides. And unfortunately, it's due to a lot of the black eyes that we're taking. Uh, being, if you want to call it that, the better people and allowing a lot of this stuff to punch us in the face and not reacting and looking for legal, proper, positive, patient ways to do things. A lot of normal people who just wanted to take their kids to soccer practice are, are noticing that and want their country back and want their right to protect themselves without a whole bunch of hassle. And once again, back to us, I think a lot of the people in the gun channels community are responsible for that. All right, I'm trying not to interrupt the flow or whatever, and I'm also copying and pasting a bunch of questions from over in the thing. So if people are live and want to ask questions, feel free. I'm not hitting them right now because I'm starring. I'm copying and pasting them over here for later. but. Um, as far as the gun channels thing, then I appreciate the kind words because you know there's a lot of time and uh, people put a lot of time and invested a lot into the gun channels thing. Um, I didn't write this one down, so I'm trying to remember what I was going to ask about that. Um, well, the one from from Bar, uh, was it Woods? Somebody in here asked a specific one, so I'll let that one try to trigger my question. But uh, Woods had asked, "When did you get started on gun channels?" It's way before my time, just to put it in, frame it for people in 2013. Well, actually, actually, before we have rewind a little bit more, we started to do live stuff on different platforms. Before YouTube was already a thing and people were friends on YouTube and we would talk to each other in videos and stuff in the comments. And YouTube had not encouraged, but it hadn't done anything to dissuade people having conversations and creating communities on their platform. But before there was live conversations like this one, we had to do this kind of stuff on other services and they weren't connected to YouTube at all. But many of us would go do these live shows and then come back to YouTube and it would be the same group of people. We created gun channels in 2013 when YouTube's allowed or created the thing called the Hangout and allowed this to happen on YouTube. And as soon as I mean, we were literally the first people to start doing that. So we created a place so that uh, when YouTube tried to create a Facebook type of environment and tried to force people to use a thing called Google Plus, 
uh, we just created it as an as an alternative at first and then it evolved into a community a place where people could hang out and get away from some of the spam and abuse and create a little place for themselves or their little group and many of the groups knew each other people jumped around between them others kind of separated themselves from each other's but they all used the platform uh, from about 2013 till 2020 ish or something like that i think it shut it down and uh, it was built on software that cost some money on servers that cost some money and at some point uh, it was never designed to make money so at some point the time it took to keep it going outweighed any amount of reality there was no way to do it i'm still kind of digging out of that so it wasn't that it lost money real hard it's just that it was just a wash and it took a ton of time so it's just kind of a time thief and uh anyway so it became it, it kind of went away as a a factor of it was never a designed to be a giant membership organization with a staff or anything and it just got too big to handle so um with that in mind when you're talking about gun channels or that's what we're talking about when we talk about gun channels i honestly don't remember either so that's a question for you i hope that didn't waste everybody's time but that's just to put it in perspective when we're talking about gun channels we're effectively talking about a social media platform that we built for about seven years and different groups of people met each other and hung out there and interacted with different definitely overlapping groups of gun owners and hung out there uh i would have put it probably right around the 2017 area because i think that's when youtube says that i started doing videos over here and as soon as i started there's probably early 2017 2016 area because i hung out in the chats for a little while before i actually started making videos so it was about maybe a year or six months that i was hanging out with everybody in the chat before i started making videos if i had to throw a number out there i'd say probably 2017. and that almost makes me remember so was i guess maybe my question had something to do with something like this and it was i knew it had something to do with gun channels but it kind of reminded me but is it uh or i'm gonna ask this one and maybe that'll remind me uh was gun channel something you were looking for is it something that you found was it something that was recommended was it something that as you found it you just stuck around or i'm number asked anyone really what their experience was with it because it was definitely bigger than anything that could have been engineered it was created to fill a gap and then it immediately spun off into two different directions and then it kind of settled on four different directions and then it you know satisfied about seven different things for different people out there for a long time before it caved in so what was your was it something that you were like well, anyway i'll let you answer well my the shop that i work at is two doors down effectively probably 50 60 yards away from a gun store and one day my boss's son at the end of the day walked down to the gun store and uh, finished cleaning out the van and he came back up he was like i had this bought an ar-15 and of course he didn't have it in his hand because he had to do you know the 24-hour background check or something like that or he had to put it on a layaway i can't remember what it was but he was approved and I was like, how did you afford an AR-15? Because at that time, every AR-15 owner that I knew had a $2,000 gun. They had a super souped-up gun. So I thought every AR-15 was a $2,000, $3,000 gun. So it was completely out of my mind. 
and I already knew a handgun was hard to get. Excuse me, sorry about that. And uh, so he explained to me that it was like 300, 400 bucks. He got a Delton Echo. So I went down to the same store and there was a Ruger AR-15 there and I bought that. So as I was waiting to do the paperwork and everything and I put it on layaway because it was a couple hundred bucks and I just didn't have all that money at the time. I went and looked it up on YouTube and looking it up on YouTube, I got, you know, the Hickok 45 and the some other million subscriber channel. And lucky enough for me, quickly after that, maybe maybe a day later, I found Travis P11's channel. And I had already messed with YouTube for a while, like messing with other kind of uh, chats and different stuff like that. But when I found Travis P11's channel, Caliber Corner was just amazing. So he was talking to the chat. and Now, Cat yeah. Travis is from Nebraska. He's a teacher and a gun guy and a YouTuber and definitely a community member. And then he'd been running his Saturday morning show, Caliber Corner, for, I don't know, it's been like, I don't know how many episodes, hundreds of episodes. What, where was it at this point? Was it just started or has it already been established when you found it? It was pretty early on. It was already started, but it was it was early in the episodes. Probably, it was definitely less than 100 episodes when I found it. So nothing like a well-polished podcast. It was real people hanging out and just doing real stuff on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. Like I liked the Hickok videos when I first found people shooting on the internet. Because I didn't know who he was. I just thought this was... And I didn't look at subscriber counts. None of that stuff ever popped into my mind. I just thought it was cool that this old dude had this cool range. And he was really accurate. He could shoot good. And he just had a whole bunch of cool videos. What I really wanted was regular everyday people. And thankfully, for whatever algorithm reasons, Travis P11 popped up in my recommended... And once that happened, I never went back to another large subscriber channel. The the famous guys, like, I don't watch any of those people. Uh, Travis talked about gun channels, and then he talked about Ghost Tactical and Night Strike, and all those guys mentioned uh, Clover Attack, uh, Midnight Range. I just found all those people, and at, the, at that time, you could click on their name on the YouTube chat and subscribe to their channel right there in the chat. So I found all the gun channels people right there in the first couple days I was on the internet, and then I logged on the gun channels and started sending my videos over there and trying to promote people to go over there. And personally, for me, gun channels was never about the website gun channels was always more about the people like that's what i and i still use the term gun channels all the time to describe a very specific group of people and now that group has extended like g23 for instance was never never got to experience gun channels but i still consider g23 gun channels Oh, yeah. Not not channels that talk about guns on the internet. Gun channels means something to me. Right on. And I forgot, I'd unstart it by now, but that was from Woods asking when, right? So, okay. So then there's some other questions from people in here, and we're at 
Well, we're only 40 minutes, so we're doing all right. But um, I don't want to keep you up all night. It is middle of the night. So I have a couple more, but I'll ask some of the questions that are coming up out of the people that are watching us live. And again, thanks everybody for showing up. Uh, let's see. DJ's asking, enjoyed the Maryland where and carry video you uploaded uploaded so earlier today you uploaded a video about the situation the, the process and the i don't even want to call it but the the steps that you need to take in order to acquire what you call a wear and carry and uh so then he asks question what can you tell us about the 2a struggles and successes in your state in maryland and are you a lifelong resident of maryland it's a super personal question yeah, I've lived here forever, and I was back on there because I was going to ask, have I ever asked you, like, have you been a lifetime gun owner, or did you get into guns at some point later on in your life as a decision? Uh, I've always liked guns, but not, I've always liked guns. When I was a kid, I was kind of scared. My brother had the Marlin Model 60, and that, uh, this Ruger 30, uh, not Ruger, uh, Winchester 37A break action 12 gauge. And when he was shooting them, I was a little scrawny. And so I was scared hearing the shotgun go off when they wanted to put the 22 in my arms to, to, to plank with it. I was too scared to shoot it. So I didn't shoot a gun until I was in probably my teenage years. And then at that point in time, it was a little easier to get by the time I turned 21 or 18 and stuff like that. And you could buy guns. I thought that they were super expensive. So I just never paid any attention to it. And then when I finally decided, hey, I want to start buying some guns, I found out how difficult it was to buy them. So I just never bought any. And like I said, I figured they were super expensive. Now I also know how hard it is to get them. And I was just like, forget that. And then when the kid came up and said he just bought an AR-15, I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go do it right now. And I did September 2017. Oh, okay. So I didn't catch that. So um, right on. So in other words, that inspired you to start participating, I guess, in that kind of waste of spending money, waste of money, however you want to call it. So... Um, Right on. Appreciate that. So then a DJ's question. Um, you've been a lifelong resident. What's it been like in Maryland? Then? I mean, if you're not paying attention to it all the time, obviously, but I mean, I know I'm guessing a lot of it happened in 13, but was there any kind of ups and downs before 13 or did it just all happen as a, oh yeah, we're going to hate guns too type of movement? Well, Maryland being so close to Washington, D.C., a lot of politicians have multiple homes and they don't, they surely don't want to live in Washington. Any seasoned politician like AOC, for instance, lives in Washington, DC, but she's kind of still a rookie in a year or two. She'll move out to Northern Virginia somewhere or somewhere into Maryland in a nice big million dollar house. And then commute back into Washington, D.C. whenever she needs to work. So a lot of that politics gets shoved out there because that's the, you know, the, the Democratic politics is surrounding there. So they move into those areas. And unfortunately, when you have a small state like Maryland, Baltimore City, 
is a really, really, really small place. If you look up Baltimore, like Maryland on the map, and then you take the size of Baltimore, I think currently there's there's definitely less than 600,000 people that live in what is actually considered Baltimore City. And there's 300 plus murders a year for like the past almost 10 years. So that freaks people out all over the state. And then population densities are close to Baltimore. So they all say, we got to get the guns off the street because there's too many people getting shot. And then they pass a bunch of crazy gun laws and then more people get shot. And they just think, okay, well, we need to pass more laws. And then they pass more laws and then more people get shot. So they think they need to pass more laws. It's the reactionary, we have to do something reaction that really happened to Maryland on top of the demographics becoming highly democratic because of the location. It's probably a combination, or I mean, there's got to be an element of it, um, uh, apathy or like lack of um, a giant organization in Maryland to like repel it or to resist it, right? There's like, it's not just that they're so good. It's like, there's also nobody really pushing back or there wasn't. Well, there's a lot of people that push back and there's a lot of state, you know, counties in maryland that are two-way sanctuaries um if you're looking at a map of maryland there's if you look if you if baltimore is like right in the center of maryland so if you go just to the west of that there's a county called howard county and that's not very two-way friendly highly democratic which is odd because it's a almost predominantly asian community now which generally they're less democratic. They're more conservative uh, voting people. Carroll County is a two-way sanctuary. Frederick County, I believe, is a two-way sanctuary. Montgomery County is not. It's very anti-Second Amendment. Very, very democratic. Uh, and when I say democratic, I'm not talking about... Uh, we can talk about politics some other time because that's the detailed conversation that I like to have that we I don't want to drone on about. As you go west of Frederick County to the states right underneath the Pennsylvania and that wrap around um, West Virginia, they're very, very pro-2A, very, very uh, American. You know, they they believe in the Constitution, free speech, free assembly, all the kind of stuff that you're supposed to believe in. It's just those couple counties surrounding Baltimore and the Chesapeake area. And that's where most of the people live. And unfortunately there's a lot of money. Maryland is a very rich state in these small counties. At one point in time, Montgomery County was like the fifth richest County in the whole country. And now it's, now it's in seriously bad condition, but Prince George's County, I believe is the highest concentration of, uh, African-American, if that's the term that you want to use, um, in, the, in America. So PG County, there's gobs and gobs of money there. And that has a lot of sway in voting, too.
Well, and here's the thing that I don't know if people realize this, but you can imagine. So you got DC and it's a bunch of marble giant buildings that are like, you know, institutional buildings for the whole country. So they're literally massive and, you know, they got a lot of stuff going on in there. Uh, you've got the museums and stuff. So there's just so much infrastructure as I guess what I'm getting at. So there's the buildings themselves that need to be maintained and exist. And then there's just tons of people to do that. And then you've got all the offices and those need to be maintained. And now you got the people in those offices and they got to eat, they got to be transported around and catered to, and they got other things, you know, office supply stores and gift stores, whatever else they might need. So you're going to have all this infrastructure. And then you got the richest places in the world around there because some of these people who don't want to have to drive real far back in the day, uh, and there's not great highways, I guess, you know, they want to live real close to where they have to do their work. So the real estate value goes up and that takes all these people that have to do all the actual work of the infrastructure to support all this and puts massive pressure on them to live in, you know, whatever, like high rises and apartment buildings and, you know, everything's vertical there. So what I'm getting at is everything's expensive, everything, nobody's got time to play around and the people that have the money to play around leave, they go somewhere else to play around. So what happens in the areas like what you're talking about, it sounds like, I'm assuming, is that people don't have time for recreation. And if they do, they're not doing something like that. They're just, you know, they're not going anywhere and they're not doing anything. They're watching TV because they got to go back to work in a couple hours and there's no ranges. And it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's lends itself to be in a place where firearms recreation is on the top of anybody's list. So therefore it's on the bottom of everybody's list. And therefore it gets kicked around. Because like you said, the most of the population is focused on let's get these people fed and everything cleaned up before tomorrow. And these people that are whatever being catered to book out of there. And anything they care about is in some other state where they live, where they pay, where they spend their time, their, their off time. Right. Well, and, and once again, with the with the shape of Maryland, if you're looking at it on a map and Baltimore's right in the center, you can figure everything west and northwest of Baltimore, meaning Baltimore City and Baltimore County, is uh, basically the mountains. So there's a lot of hunting, there's a lot of shooting, there's a lot of uh, outdoor activity out there, uh, a lot of sprawling land and different stuff. So people are going to be more encouraged to be into firearm recreation. The hub around Baltimore and south is where the population densities are in the high suburbs and stuff like that, where they're, like you said, they're not going to be encouraged to do that. When you go across the Chesapeake into what they consider southern Maryland, there's a lot of flatlands through there, and people do all kinds of bird hunting and deer hunting and, once again, a lot more firearms recreation. So most of the problem unfortunately with it, like a lot of states have to say that those population densities are really what controls the politics and those are people that aren't exposed to it because they live in a suburb like i live in right now where if i fire a gun off in my in my backyard i'll go to jail for 20 years Totally off topic, but since we're talking Maryland, I don't even know if you know, but since there's a lot of shoreline there, uh, do people in boats, I'm assuming every boat has a gun in it or more, 
at least people who drive around in boats are going to carry guns because once you're in your boat, it's your property and you're on the water, it's you're going to need a gun for pirates and giant fish and I don't know, whatever happens in the water. Um, and just because you could probably just go shooting on the ocean if you wanted to. But anyhow, does everybody have guns in boats, do you know? And if so, does that have an effect even in those states? Well, I guess it doesn't have much effect if there's, because most of the states with shores, with, with, with a lot of boats, you would think, don't necessarily have good gun laws always. Well, I'm not 100% sure about that because I don't do much fishing and I don't do much hunting. But I I think, now Krabby, Krabby is a lot more detailed with the information. I'm pretty sure that if you're out hunting and you're on private property, you can do whatever you want, carry whatever you want. Uh, but if you're on like public land and you're hunting, I believe that you can carry in those situations because of, you know, mountain lions or black bear or you know whatever else might come a coyote or whatever you might come across i'm not a hundred percent sure about being on the water i know states like florida while you're fishing you can carry but maryland doesn't have alligators maryland doesn't have you know boa constrictors and pythons and giant snakes or whatever that are going to grab you in the swamps oh. uh, yeah, you know, we got giant mosquitoes and and bees and all kinds of stuff like that. But that may may be a reason why a state like Florida lets you carry when you're fishing, and a state like Maryland may not. I don't know if they do. Or not. Places I've been in boats, yeah, they have bears or alligators or something, you know. But out here, well, I guess we have mountain lions out here. You don't have mountain lions out there? Yeah, we have mountain lions in Maryland. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you get to carry. Okay, so sorry, it's a total off tangent there, but uh, and since I'm off tangent, I'll say thanks to Savage. It looks like uh, I get a little banner and everything when somebody becomes a new channel member over on the YouTube. So much appreciated. Subscribing to our channel is how we keep our thing going. We don't have a bunch of uh, arrangements with people to get you to buy stuff. I mean, we technically do, but we don't push that constantly. Uh, such a little bit of return on that kind of effort. I'd rather focus on important stuff. So very much thanks to the people that subscribe to what we do. Uh, so the next question is from G23. Uh, what is Kingpin's thought of the new Heller challenge? I'm guessing he means the one that was challenged earlier this year. And then just the other day, they decided they don't have enough money to fight it. So they just repealed the limit on magazine capacity in Washington, DC. Uh, yeah, I was actually listening to the radio while I was at work, and I heard the radio host talking about that. So I text message Guns and Barbecue. So maybe he could talk about it on a show or something like that, or he heard anything about it. I think it's pretty cool. What, it, from my understanding, what it did was it allowed people with DC carry permits, and I would assume those are DC residents of some sort that i don't i'm not 100 percent sure how that works but at the time you couldn't have extra magazines either like the magazine capacity thing now you can have more than one magazine on you as long as it still doesn't have any more than 10 rounds in it which i think is a win at 100 percent if if it's that's the way i think that it, it was is you could basically have more than one magazine on you now so 
it, even if it's not, I know it's a win and that's good. But if it, that is what I think, that I think that's a big win. DC is very strict. And for them to give up any ground at all is a positive thing. Yeah, the, the particular situation was arbitrary and they just came up with the number based off of dumb non, uh, unawareness and in, in ignorance of how guns are used and, and you know why people have used them the way they are. So they're just doing it to be a, an, an annoying infringement and to reduce people's interest in doing things, pursuing the whole interest. So the fact that it was a bad law was heinous just to exist. But then the, the, what I thought was cool about this situation is that Heller understands he's playing 4D chess. He understands the situation in 2022. There's not unlimited funds, especially with the government. There aren't unlimited players in their realm. You know, they do have lawyers and stuff, but they don't have unlimited time to spend on every thing that's out there. A lot of these laws are created, like we just said, they're heinous laws. They're designed to just infringe and and create, an, but make gun ownership onerous, to make it annoying and expensive to be a gun owner. So they're don't they're just throwing it out there like a landmine. They don't really care, and they just are doing it to to waste time and everything. So what this is doing, what Heller's doing, is effectively shoveling snow or cutting the lawn. He's just going out there and getting rid of stuff that shouldn't exist in the first place. And I want to say for free, but pretty effortlessly. All he did is challenge it, and because he knew that the Washington D.C. system right now in 2022 couldn't do nothing about that challenge, they had to let it go. And the way they let it go is by just removing the circumstances because that's easier than fighting them in court cheaper and they don't have the resources so that idea of is that i don't know if that's is that winning through attrition is that the right word i don't know if i'm saying it right but that tactic of going around and it's like you know they're nibbling well it's going around and repairing the nibbles effectively it's just spending very little time and effort and with uh but without necessarily a bunch of show and everybody didn't have to show up and make a big rally about it. You know, it just happened. And what would have happened the other way? He would have spent some money, I guess, challenging them. And if it would have been reinforced, you know, they would have been the same place. It wouldn't have gotten worse or anything. So I don't know. I just kind of like that idea of it, that um, what he's doing is just, I, I, I think what he's doing is calling, you know, he's calling his shots. He's saying, look, I can push at this because they can't do nothing about it. And then he does, and then a big chunk of their iceberg falls off. And once we start doing that, uh, it, you know, it changes the game. It's not like it's a win. It's just that it changes the game, and hopefully it encourages a bunch of other people. So you start seeing that happen in other states and other types of jurisdictions, and eventually the 14th richest person on the planet says, oh, it's not worth this anymore, right? Maybe. Well, I think all of these – I can't even refresh. Maybe not all, but I think there's a lot of laws on the books that are anti-gun that are paper targets or paper tigers they they have no weight to them at all except for the fact that somehow they got stuck against the wall and a lion a lion will chase down a gazelle and dive on its back and eat it for sure but if a lion's looking at a gazelle and a monkey's just sitting on a rock not paying attention that lion will just walk over and eat that monkey instead. No energy expelled, just a good of a meal. Uh, I didn't have to do. I don't have to share it with anybody. I don't have to wait half an hour to get to catch my breath. 
I just walk over there and bite that monkey and I eat him and now I can go back to sleep. I don't think that's a bad tactic. If, if there's an opportunity to take and you can take it morally, of course, then I think you should take it. And if he says DC can't afford to fight me in court, good for him. He should push more and more and more and more and any other lawyer out there that cares to do it. Fill them with court cases and make them uh, make them crumble. Because that's basically what they've always done is use the weight of their office against people. You can't fight the government. You can't fight City Hall kind of thing. So now people are fighting City Hall. And unfortunately for City Hall, they can't really fight back as well. Yep, I dig it. And that's the thing is that, uh, you know, there's just there's just the way things are. Like there's the way things are. There's the way things have been and the ways could be and that's always the way it is like in the past it wasn't like there was a way and then you know there was somebody came along and changed it it's just always been in flux so yeah i dig that whole thing that um once when i well i could see that thing snowballing or growing because once people figure out that they put these things out there in order to accomplish many like goals right they want to infringe right that's always fun they get their giggles but it distracts us right costs us money it means that we're not mobilizing to do something else usually right because we're worried about this some of you know divides us because not everyone's going to have the same level of interest or fear or enthusiasm about dealing with all these different issues and stuff it divides us by location and stuff so they do this for lots and lots of reasons so what i dig is that uh heller is creating you know, he's, he's doing something in front of everybody and creating that awareness that one, they can be challenged and that they don't, they're, they're only there to annoy us, that they don't stand on anything. They're not right. They didn't come up with the, you know, the under, you know, some sort of solution to something. They're literally just putting out bad law. And then the result of that has been in the past. Everyone goes, oh, well, I guess we got another bad law. Not, not always, but you know, in general, that would have been the the tendency to just go okay let's comply with that new bad law but this is more of uh, start pushing it the other way once you start pushing it the other way that becomes the trend you know i i really believe that it's only going to take a couple of i don't say even a generation just a couple of good politicians that start really winning their their elections by saying i'm going to take an eraser and i'm just going to start removing bad laws i'm not going to add nothing new i'm just going to remove some of the onerous dumb stuff and with the amount of power reaches they've been doing lately I could see a couple of you know new breeds coming in with that kind of theory and you know now we're in a whole different playing field i don't know if it's definitely going to happen i'm just saying i see a future where there's that kind of you know uh, turn that might happen well i think i think one thing that people as as individuals of ship for sure most importantly of course but as groups need to realize is don't waste this opportunity. Uh, I, just sticking with the Second Amendment, there's a lot of good things that are moving. We have, I think there's more states now with constitutional carry than without. And that's huge. That's proving without a shadow of a doubt that the second amendment actually means something i don't look at the gun sales because there's all kinds of things that lead to gun sales like your uh, 
the, the what you were playing earlier. And there's all kinds of. I bought a lot of guns, so I've generated a lot of 4473s in a year myself. So I know that there's people that buy way more guns than I do. So there's a lot. I don't worry about that. I but seeing big moves like constitutional carry getting passed other states recognizing other states carry permits those are two-way wins for me and i think that if people continue to focus on the fact that there's a lot of real positive things going we'll understand that like you you mentioned it all the time you understand that we're going to take black eyes it's going to happen and you know sometimes you got to take a black eye in a fight Well, yeah, you know how that cycle goes. Um, I've seen the better one where it says capitalism creates good times, good times creates communism, communism creates bad times, and bad times creates capitalism. I like that one better than the whole other, you know, there's another way of saying that, but or there's other ways of saying that, I guess. But uh, yeah, you don't get stronger. Well, I guess you can watch somebody get a black eye a bunch of times, but it's not the same as getting out there and getting a black eye. The only way you get experience. Come out of beauty brought up. Uh, I'm, I'm only gonna keep. I, I'm trying to take some notes here, so I'm gonna put these in. This is. I always think of these interviews as our first conversation, so that uh, you can have it as a place to point to. The interviewee can have it as a place to point to. Of you know, a place I was able to chat for an hour about things I care about, or answering questions about my projects uh, and the reasons for them, but also so that. Uh, um, this stays on topic of you know your projects and stuff, but then I'll invite you in when we do the, if you're available for the evening chats like this, when we bring everybody together on the last Monday of the month and just to have sort of a Every Second Matters type open chat. And then we can get into some of these things. Um, well, I don't have an intern. Whenever I get an intern, uh, I've been taking notes as we chat here and some of the points that I would consider like tangents, I'm trying not to take, I guess is what I'm getting at. And maybe we could take those tangents, those those points that could have gone off into a whole nother conversation and apply those to that end of the month chats or put them in a bucket and put them out there for anybody that wants to take one for topic for their live shows or their conversations that they have out there in the world. But uh, with that in mind, let's keep going to the ones that have showed up. So I'll keep you up all night. Gunpowder Beauty asked, and I'm not sure if she's allowed to be up this late, but we'll allow it. Um, with the rise of anti-gun groups, what do you think the 2A community can do more slash better to show our side in a positive way than hit with the fake or the false narrative and gun-grabbing agenda? So with the rise of the anti-gun groups out there, what do you think the gun with our 2A community can do to better show a better, to, to better show our positive sides? when hit with their false narratives. And uh, until the cough cough showed up and the riots and all that showed up, I would have said that the defending the Second Amendment by saying that we need guns to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government was a really bad argument to make because your regular everyday person is going to be like this person's crazy <laughs> i thought it, 
He had a cool gun shirt on. I said, hey, cool shirt, man. And now he's telling me that the president's going to come kick in his door. Wow. I've never thought that that was a good argument. Now there's a lot more evidence for that because of you know things that have unfolded and what they've shown more people. But I really believe that the, the, the self-defense argument and the... I, I'm, I'm really even... If it's done the right way in a conversation, I don't believe in arguing with the other side. Uh, if you know somebody's super duper anti two way and they're screaming in your face about your guns killed everybody in the world, don't speak any words to them at all. Don't ever say anything to them. They're not worth it. You're never going to. And most of them don't know what they're talking about. A lot of those people that are holding signs don't even know what the sign says. They were just told to stand there and hold the sign. We outnumber them. The Virginia rally, which I thought was a positive thing for the community. I didn't think it was going to do anything politically. But as a motivation for the people in Virginia to say how 60, 70,000 people showed up for that. And only one person was arrested, and they were arrested for having a mask on in public because at the time you couldn't do that in Virginia. That was before the thing happened. Uh, just be normal is, is what I always say. If you want to represent the 2A, the people who are anti all kinds of different stuff that isn't you know wholesome, if you want to talk about American They'll find out sooner or later because they'll bicker with themselves and they'll, I guess, just to boil it down the easiest way, the left, if you want to put it like that, will destroy itself. And the reasonable people that get caught up on what we call the left will see them destroying themselves and then come over to our communities and see that we're normal people who treat them kind. And want to have open, honest discussions. Even though we might not disagree on everything, we can at least see eye to eye on some stuff. And they'll realize, oh, okay, these people aren't crazy. So just be normal. And one thing that I really, I've noticed a little bit of a trend is a lot of 2A people tend towards censorship. And... uh that's that's something I'm not going to tolerate. Uh, I'll, I'll call it. There you, you can't, in my mind, I'm a real, real down to the point, pinpoint accurate. You cannot tell me and me believe you that you're pro 2A and pro censorship at the same time. And I don't mean derogatory stuff or pornography or, you know, stuff that civilization is all deemed to be offensive. I mean, discussion and debate and different ideas. If you're just, hey, I think this, and you're like, oh, well, well, we ain't got no time for you. Uh, no, no, you just don't deserve to talk about it. You are this. That's, that, that can't be, you can't be both. You can't be pro 2A and pro censorship at the same time. And also, also, as far as, just real quick, as far as the internet goes, what you do with your channel, if somebody comes to your channel and is disruptive, 
and you want to, that's your, I'm 100% fine with people blocking people, timing people out, banning people, report. If somebody comes to whatever kind of channel you're, if you're a cooking channel and I'm on there talking about water balloons and you've had enough of me and you want to ban me, I'm, I don't consider that censorship. Right on. I appreciate that. I was one of those things where I'm holding my bite my tongue, I guess, because I didn't want to go into a whole thing because, you know, we could go into a bunch of different, like, say, some of these things as separate discussions or like more in focus or like whatever, focus in on them because, yeah, censorship's a big word, can mean a lot of stuff. And then, you know, specifically on YouTube, you know, we got a whole nother conversation. And then in the real world, there's a whole nother world. And then, you know, and then, um, well, I've, I'm not trying I've, to banned more pe I've banned more people in your live chats than <laughs> than on my channel because I understand where how you run your channel and the things that you're looking for and the things you will and will not tolerate. And when you gave me a blue wrench, I agreed to to protect your channel in the way you want it. So when somebody comes in right. and they're disruptive, I'll whack them quick. But if you go to like, I'm going to just say he Honda, I have no idea if you'd watch his show or not, but he's like totally different. He'll like let anybody say whatever they want. And then there's other people that'll like actually encourage people to say weird stuff. I mean, Honda does, I guess, too. But uh, because they're interested in, I don't know, they just dig the weirdness of the internet. I've been around the internet way too long, so I'm not even interested. People, the, the, the calm little annoying stuff that they think is the weird internet ain't the weird internet, for one. And weird and you know, so you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm just don't have time for it. But I appreciate that. But I was just gonna say, I guess if you head over to somebody else's chat and you're a moderator there, you're easy, you're able and willing to adjust to their style and let things go or watch things happen. Where in another chat you'd know, oh no, that wouldn't be happening or because again it's yeah. sort of my my foster, right? Yeah, I, that, that's that's why I wanted to clarify. The internet is a whole different story, but what I meant clearly under censorship is, hey, I think X, Y, Z about this, and you're like, well, you've got no room to talk. You shouldn't be saying anything. I don't want to hear your voice. Your voice is irrelevant. And then people gang up on that, as opposed to saying, well, why don't you just explain to me real quick? And as long as I explain, well, I believe it's X, Y, Z, because when I was taught the alphabet, they told me it was X, then Y, then Z. And you'd be like, well, they just taught you wrong in here. That's the shut down censorship of discussion and ideas is the, what I'm talking about, not moderating people who are being inappropriate. And there's also like, or would you include, I don't want to get into sidetrack, but there's lots of side stuff we could talk there. Um, so hopefully that addressed Gunpowder's questions. We'd have a couple more. MC earlier asked questions. Thoughts on scheduled events where a large organized group open carry empty handgun holsters to create conversations and grab media attention. Oh, I didn't put this on screen, but this one, I'm not sure if I've actually, I've, I know people have had the discussion, so I don't know if he has one that he's familiar with or if you know one that's actually happened where it was a large organized thing with just empty holsters, but I know people with empty holsters at things sometimes and then individuals doing their things on their own, but what would be your answer to this one? Uh, I, I like it. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I've had the privilege of hearing what I consider the brainstorming of second uh, every second matters the very first chat uh and a lot of that was talking about the empty holster to start the conversation 
organized yes definitely um i prefer to be organized by mc like mc put together this thing in his state or maybe even in in washington wherever it might be where everybody's going to show up with an empty holster that's it and we're gonna that's how we're gonna do our rally i think it's actually a really really good idea it, it speaks just as much volume if not more than the rallies where people show up all battle rattled out and that's you know obviously that's the people that the media looks for is the guy with the you know gun slung over his back with all the gear on and all that because it's entertaining to the to the eyes but when they show up there and that same guy has got all that mask on and all that gear on but the holster that he's got on his hip is empty and he the sling around his neck doesn't have an ar-15 on it i think that sends a pretty powerful message i i actually like that idea quite a bit i, I think imagine imagine how powerful it could be if you had 2500 people in washington dc 25,000 people in washington dc all standing there with an open carry holster on their hip and no gun in there and just having a regular old rally but what would be even more powerful is if you did it in arizona where open carry is normal texas where open carry is normal you know states pro super pro q2a and super pro carry states where it's normal for people to have guns on them have a huge rally where nobody's got a gun on them. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that it's more significant that everyone lays them down for that. Or that yeah, it's not. I was going to use the word cosplay because that's what I've noticed at some of the more most recent rallies I've attended. Is there's the you know it's the barbecue gun, except you're going to dress up as the barbecue gun. You know, what I mean, like back in the day, a guy would have a barbecue gun, or like you know, for whatever reason, a couple of people might have like the barbecue guns at a an event or something but yeah now it's well it's a different world people go to comic cons and stuff so their interests come with them i guess and their boundaries is that the right word like i'm just gonna wear this to the show or i'm just gonna wear this to the rally i guess um try not to get too off topic but thanks for the answer to the oh it's a good interesting question and uh you brought up a couple of different things in there uh, in the answer that I appreciate. So uh, bringing up the uh, beginnings of every second matters, I guess I had totally forgot about that. And that was, there was a bunch of people who that was their focus. And I guess I was dismissive of it, but mainly because uh, I didn't understand, nobody had pleaded, at least I didn't hear, maybe somebody didn't. It was a kind of chaotic and hectic time. I might've walked away or something and somebody said something, but I don't remember anybody pleading the case in such a way. I knew that there was some attention brought to the concept but the idea of having a bunch of people uh and then i guess just to finish up some trying not to make it my show but i mean yeah when you said the significance of twenty-five thousand people or 2500 people even showing up to the to the um capital to do that or to some event to do that uh if we did that and as we do that i mean i definitely think it's a worthwhile effort but as we do that we learn how to get more and more or at least closer and closer to ultimate participation you know once you get 50 percent participation that's a thousand or ten thousand people 
sharing on social media. That's not the biggest trending thing ever, but that's certainly enough to create some awareness. And the same way that when you go to a rally, people, what do they call that? When you go like hip hip hooray or whatever, you know, like a chat chant or whatever, it's the equivalent of a chant, right? The more you do that, you participate in the wave. It's a way that you participate in, you know, in the future and in the internet and in cyber to make that rally or that event even louder. So with something like an open holster and that element, now you get everybody that shows up to that rally makes a one minute, five minute, you know, whatever is appropriate, comment on why, right? Comment on their, their reasoning for the participation. And then you got 25,000 minutes of, you know, whys and yeah, lots of impact there, a lot of potential. Well, we also have, when you look at, as part of the, the culture war as well, a situation like a Second Amendment rally, even even the, the five people out of the 10,000 that show up that looks like somebody from the G.I. Joe cartoons. And really, nobody's got a problem with that. A lot of people, hey, that's a cool, you know, thing you got strapped to your shoulder. Where'd you get that? You know, where'd you get those gloves? But most people aren't going to dress like that. Most people are going to dress like they normally would any other day. Maybe have a gun on them, maybe not. But they're going to go down to their capital and stand and meet people at the rally. The optics, when you can point those things out to the people that say, okay, look on the news, look at that guy. He looks like he's a special forces guy. Pause that and say, look at the 30 people behind him that look like the gas station attendant that looked like the guy that cut your grass that looked like the teacher that looks like the bus driver that looks like normal people and then okay let's turn on the news to the anti-second amendment rally and look at the people who are a lot of anti-second amendment and the wild crazy things that they do out in public we came out in public and we had a gun and that's it you came out in public and you had all kinds of other different kinds of things that normal everyday Americans that generally don't pay attention to anything outside their front yard are noticing. So you, it, it establishes the sanity of the arguments that people make. When you look like your next door neighbor and a regular person that's not in need of some type of help, or you look like somebody who is completely psycho, which argument are you going to listen to? Generally, the person who looks sane and rational and normal, and I know a lot of people don't like to use the term normal, but there's, there is a such thing as normal and not. I mean, I know it's a very broad and vast kind of thing, but you can also narrow it down to what basic civilization is, and that's why I think most of our two-way rallies, if we can get people to stop focusing on the one guy that the media wants them to look at and look at every single other person there, that's you. That's your next-door neighbor. That's your brother. That's your cousin. We're regular, normal, everyday people that like firearms. And a lot of people that like firearms like the Second Amendment and only have one gun or like the Second Amendment and don't even own guns.
pause in there so I don't interrupt and we can put the star off of that one and go to Gunpowder's next one. She's definitely asleep by now. It's too late for her. Thank uh, Kingpin, Tardot, and I went to our first 2A rally with the kids and met Never Enough Ammo when we were living in Texas in 2017. It is amazing to see how much some of these channels have grown. It's not really a question, but I figured I'd throw it in there because it gives us an excuse to chat up uh, Gunpowder Beauty again and mention her projects and her participation over the years, uh, but also give, like, give you a chance to comment on that one. That's the originality. Uh, she's always just been her. You know, I mean, I know what her real name is, but I've always called her Gunpowder Beauty because of the internet thing. But ever since the first time I interacted with her, she's been exactly the same. Tardot's not exactly active online anymore. And the few times that I dealt with him, he was always exactly the same. That's what I think is unique. And that's why I brag about my friends so much is because you guys deserve it. You know, I don't brag about how cool all my friends are because i want you to say that dave guy thinks everybody's cool i want other people to, to share in how cool all you guys are and what i mean by cool is i'm using cool as a blanket definition but you know she has always just been a real everyday regular person she's never tried to act like something she's not and the genuineness of her is why i will always be her friend Right on. Well said. And then we go to Veins. Then, well, I'm going to go look, but this is the last of the questions I had starred here. And it's about 90 minutes, so I don't want to keep you up all night. But what is Kingpin's take on the NFA gun, well, the National Firearms Act of 1934, the Gun Control Act of 1968, Smackdown a brewing, question mark? And what's your take on the domino effect taking place as I can see it all over? Interesting question, very optimistic question, so I dig it. Well, uh, clearly, as far as I understand, the what was it, the 1938 and the 1964, was it again? Uh, 34 and 68. Uh, I, they're terrible, because those are the ones that all the main anti-gun laws came from, right? Effectively, yeah. Essentially. Uh, I don't think, I think we have a gun law and it's called the Second Amendment. I really don't mind 18 years old and older being able to buy a pistol. Um, pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with an 18 year old walking into any store and buying any rifle that they want. Any, any younger, I, I kind of think that you should probably have a parent with you. Uh, I do believe that a parent should be able to buy their kid a 1911 and take it with them to the range. I don't I don't think a kid under the age of six, eight, 18 should really be unsupervised with a firearm, even though I do believe that as young as you can get your child acclimated to shooting and being around firearms and understanding the safety and the importance of firearms, the better. I do highly promote taking young children to the range and getting guns in their hands so they can be comfortable with them. Uh, 
But other than that, I think I think the Second Amendment is is the gun law. Uh, how do we get rid of all these bad ones that are out there? If I knew that, I'd already done that. Um, somebody, I think Rich White was talking about, even if we get rid of the NFA tomorrow, there's still some other type of some other type of legislation that basically holds up the NFA that you'd have to get rid of too. So I think there's a lot of incremental steps that are going to have to be taken. If you want to take a giant swath out of everything anti-2A, that's never going to happen in a giant swath. Very well. I'm trying not to just create a giant conversation, so let me know if you got to get going. Um, but um, Whatever you want to do, man. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy hanging out with you, so however you want to. Well, I'm just going to throw it in there then that uh, I like to think that, well, first off, we had 1934, which came out of nowhere, and that was pretty much, you know, 176 years and nothing, something like that, and then 34. So that was something that came out of nowhere and was pretty big. So we should be able to at least expect the opposite of that to bring us back to the median zero. So we don't need something that's Mount Everest going the other way. We just need it to go back to there. So that's just flipping it. You know, they pushed it off the middle. We just need to bring it back to the middle. So it's not like we have a Herculean task. We just have the same task in the opposite direction that's already been done. Since then, there's been other blips, but a lot of those, like you could say, kind of rely on, you know, kind of are tethered to. So what I like to think also is that whole thing about iceberg flipping. You know, everybody's seen an iceberg flip in the water. Uh, I think that kind of stuff can happen, and it can happen pretty quick. Relatively, the constitutional carry movement the phenomenon has happened relatively quickly. You know, the, the the CCW took a little while. I mean, it happened in all of our awareness. It happened while we were all online. It happened fairly quickly. It's just that we're used to a lot of stuff happening quickly now. But constitutional carry happened pretty quick. And it's not done. You know, we're talking about how many more states will get it next, next session, next year. So that's just my other side of it is I think that uh, it, it happened quickly, but it can happen equal and opposite the same the other way, although it is a different world. But it's, we also have the Internet and everything. So oh, it's, it's, you tell moms like, hey, I, it's, oh, you want to teach your kids? Because now there's a lot of moms that are going to be teaching their kids, right? Oh, you can't have a suppressor, even though it makes it easier to see which direction the kids are pointing. It makes it impossible for the kids to touch it after it's so hot right like all these benefits to being a safety thing but you can't have it because back a long time ago a bunch of people were scared so i could see that being anyway I'm, I'm well, that's the uh, that's the reactionary that we need to get people to to slow down and understand like don't be reactionary and i think unfortunately and i, I don't know the entry the intricate details of firearms history like you guys do but from what i can tell is a lot of bad things were happening so they had to do something just like anything in the history of my life whenever something bad would happen the government had to do something the people wanted to do the government to do something so they did something and it was usually the wrong thing so once you get a law passed it's really close to impossible to get unpassed, to get a law taken away. So unfortunately, what you have to do is you have to make laws 
circumventing those laws, which are just more laws on the books. Uh, I think the, the number one step to stop new laws from getting on the books is stop being reactionary and try to teach people how to not be reactionary. And then we can start worrying about trying to turn the other laws back around. But letting the ones sitting back and watching new laws get passed, it's not really that hard for a law to get passed, especially if you're talking about local stuff. That's why it's important to pay attention to your local politics. Laws can get passed pretty easy, and it's really hard to get rid of them. Um, so I don't think we're missing any others other than people commenting on stuff. So if I am missing something, feel free to throw it out there and I'll grab it before we wrap it up. But, uh, unlike a lot of the people, well, most of the people, I guess, that I interview are typically got some kind of giant project to represent a giant group or whatever. You're more representing a group of people or, you know, the idea of an individual who's accomplishing, uh, with, well, I'm going to ask this maybe on the way. I don't know, like I said, I'm going to take all your time here, but um, do you have a, I've got a couple of other questions here. This won't be the last question, but as we kind of wrap up here, do you have a master concept now that you've been around for a while, now that you've been doing stuff, you've seen, I've talked about it before, like the cycles or the pendulum swings that comes and goes of how just, you know, it's going to be in a community of people that have, you know, some, level of interest in the topic that we share we share um have you has your path or your trajectory been changed at all have you uh do you have a five and a ten year uh like this is the i guess the question i would normally ask somebody is who's got a, a either organization they're representing or like a project that they started or something um that they're talking about right like a tony simon or something um, you know, where do you see the project in five or 10 years? Like, where do you see your Second Amendment awareness five, 10 years? Is that a question to ask? Is that fair? Hopefully, hopefully I got a whole bunch of new people to brag about. Uh, hopefully there's a whole bunch of new people that I meet at the range or I meet at the local gun store or I meet here on the internet that are doing real positive things and I can make videos bragging about them. That'd be that'd be pretty cool to, to, for, to do for the next five years. Uh, hopefully, I'm really really busy, and then a whole bunch of other people are like, "Yeah, Kingpin missed 15 people that are doing really good 2A things uh, since he's slack, and I'm gonna make videos about him." <laughs> you know. Uh, other than that, yeah, I just I don't want anything from anybody. Uh, I just like watching what people do and you know trying to help them out a little bit and take a little bit of a a little bit of my part and put it in there if 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 a little bit of it fits and hopefully I can still do that. Hopefully in five years people won't think I'm a jerk and uh I'll still be welcome around and people will enjoy having me around. So well, let me ask you, again, I appreciate you being willing to ask these or answer these questions, but what do you think the community will look like in five years, 10 years? Uh, here in Maryland, 
here in Maryland, I think that there's a pretty decent chance that things can turn around because uh, it's went it, it's went so crazy in certain places that I think people are like, wow, this is too crazy. We got to stop. And so they're pushing back and um, politically, but mostly firearm related is what I'm talking about. Uh, as far as the online community, I think that there's going to be tons and tons and tons of gun reviews from new people that want to get on YouTube and make gun reviews so they can get views and all that kind of stuff. But it's just one more tag in the algorithm that says that there's firearms on the internet and you you can't stop firearms from being on the internet. If YouTube wants to turn us off, there's 50 other platforms that are more than happy to have firearms on their internet. Uh, the conversations, I think, are going to continue to build because as more and more people, Krabby Turtle, for instance, uh, he's one of the newer ones that have come along, and he's joined in with Rich and I when we talk about wrestling. But that's live stream experience. He's got his voice out there for the internet to hear, uh, talking live in a conversation that potentially millions of people could hear or potentially nobody could hear. Uh, he's practiced on some of his own live streams. He's, he's put out a few videos. He's active on Instagram. So that's just one more person that's really active. And as he gets more and more comfortable and puts more and more stuff out there, more and more people will gravitate to him and somebody will spawn off of, of his pardon the expression, fan base or followers. I don't like whatever. I mean, that's the terms that the, the media platforms use. Uh, more people are going to be interested in gun websites because they're going to find gun calendars. I, I just think that as long as, as we don't infight with each other and we understand that the bad guys are going to do the bad guy things. So don't worry and get all crazy when they start throwing eggs at us. But be worried about when the guy on our team is cracking eggs over top of our heads and hold them accountable. Um, politically, be far more active when the quote unquote good guys are in office. You know, theoretically, if, if we win and a bunch of pro-2A people, pro-Constitution, pro-American politicians get in, every single word that they say, they have to pay for more than ever in history. And I don't say hyperbolic stuff like that because I want to, you know, get views and, and get attention. I say hyperbolic stuff like that. Because it sounds that way to me and my heart, it's, it's actual reality because we've both heard the conversation of, oh, it'd be better off when this person is in office because we'd fight more. Because you guys had experience, you guys talk about it. 2013, the internet got on fire for pro Second Amendment and we're pushing back against a lot of stuff and made a lot of stuff happen. And then when good guys got in office, a lot of people sat back. And I think when the good guys are in office, you fight even harder than you would when the bad guys are in office, because those are the ones that made you promises. Those are the ones that said they were on your side. So those are the ones that lied to you. 
the bad guys told you that they didn't like you and told you that they wanted to come take your property from you and take your rights away. So just we just got to stay focused on some of the right things. But I think the online internet community, especially the more that some of these other platforms open up and become more user-friendly, I think the the the, the spread is going to get out there. Uh, I saw a guy on today can't remember his name, the regular gun guy or whatever, probably mid-20s to mid-40s, a couple black dudes just sitting around talking about guns. No different than, like, when we're on Travis's conversation, uh, Caliber Corner talking about gun laws. A couple weeks ago, I saw a video of uh, a bunch of girls. I don't know how old they are. I think they were probably in in their 20s. And they were talking about something else, and then for whatever reason, they started talking about guns. And I just clicked on their channel because they were live, so I wanted to see what they were about. And luckily enough, a minute into their conversation, they started about started talking about hunting, uh, squirrel hunting, and stuff with their guns. So there's a lot of decent, positive two way stuff out there, and I think it's going to get bigger. All right, so then I wasn't going to ask this one, but you kind of touched on it, so I'm going to ask it in a different way, I guess. But I was going to ask from something you said earlier, and I don't remember when, but you said something earlier that made me write this one down. Are we seeing a rise in the we need to do something kind of a movement in the number of people that participate in that we need to do something about it type of movement because there's this population swell? So according to my research, we had a couple of population swells in the world and in our country based on wars ending and different things and, you know, just the back and forth of the way generations work. So, you know, generationally, the populations aren't consistent and they are not necessarily going up or down. They swell. They go up and down, uh, but not regularly either. So the our grandparents, our parents, depending how old we are, our great-grandparents, depending on how old you are, um, is the boomers and they're the they're the ones that the baby boom right that's a giant population swell so they didn't have as many kids as they are so the next generation was smaller the next generation was smaller for whatever reasons the ne- this next generation that's born approximately 2000 so there are 20 ish 18 to 20 somewhere in there that generation is supposedly much larger than the couple before it so they're larger than the baby boom generation just because you know we get bigger we get more people in the country and a bunch of people had babies so now we have this next gen and you can have 10 people that you know 10 percent of the people that don't like something you know mustard and then that population swells to a huge number and now there's a junk, a ton of people that let's change it to like something. Let's say that 10% of the population likes mustard and everybody's happy and the mustard suppliers are good to go. But then the population swells. Now the same 10% of the people like mustard, but there's no way to keep up with the demand, right? Like that has to happen in some things, right? And it's not always just mustard. Sometimes it's more important things than that. So is that's part of this like we see a lot of this we need to do something but it's the same i'm not even saying it's the same it might be a growing or shrinking percentage of the population but are we seeing it grow because the population is growing and they're only vocal because we're the ones they're taking it out on if we were oil maybe they'd take it out on us in a different way and if we were 
something else they hated. I just used oil because I'm assuming they hate oil, but you know, whatever it is that coal or whatever thing is that they have been told is horrible and they're going to take it out on us. Are, is everyone seeing a rise in that because of the population? And something about, I think the way you kind of meant, answered this last question that you acknowledge that everything will be bigger because there'll be more people, right? Like, is that, I don't know. Well, the, without getting too deep in like the politics of it, uh, the younger generation's minds are being poisoned on purpose by evil people. And that's going to have to be something that's overcome. Now, just focusing on the Second Amendment part of that, you can look on the internet and there's there's youthful human beings. I'm going to be careful with the words I say because YouTube listens. Youthful human beings with red splatches all over their face and all over their arms pretending like something bad happened to them. And when somebody says, tell me anything you know about guns, they know nothing about guns. But someone has programmed them to think every gun is dangerous, every gun owner is dangerous, all bad things would go away if guns would go away. And they need to do something. And that, like, like we talked about earlier, the, the, the antis who wanted to just do something always do something bad. So us on the pro-2A side, we want to do something, but we can't just do something. Uh, there's the, the movie with the, the Grinch. I remember the mayor, the Grinch goes up and shaves a mohawk, a reverse mohawk, down the middle of the mayor's head because he's they don't like each other. And the mayor's, the, as the Grinch is running around destroying the city, the mayor's screaming, somebody do something. And his little like uh, lackey, the mayor's lackey, took a razor blade and just shaved a mohawk down the middle of his head because he just had to do something. It didn't accomplish anything and it didn't do anything except for make his head messed up. And that's what we need to make sure we don't do is just do something. Because unfortunately, like the, when the pendulum swings, it's extremely further on the other side than it was when it started. It can't get any further away. And even though in a great utopia, so that kind of world may seem all right. In the real world, that far of a pendulum swing might not be what we're looking for. It might be a little bit more dangerous than we thought or unhealthy. So well, as long as we don't just do something, God. Oh, sorry. The nature of the pendulum is that you, 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 things go in a trajectory. They're happening in some way, and then it seems like, oh no, it's never going to end. And then everything abruptly slows down and changes, and almost goes in a hundred and eighty direction the other way, towards the center again. And then eventually it goes the other way towards the center, the opposite way. And then again, oh no, it's never going to end. And then it flips around and goes back towards the center. But the bigger picture there is that it's going right back to where it started and it's going to be there briefly or some amount of time. Sometimes it gets slower or faster because it's real life. But, you know, eventually it's going to spend some time near where it came from and then head back towards the center. The only thing consistent is the center, like literally the only thing consistent is the center, because when you look at a pendulum on a sand or, you know, one of those situations where you can see where the pendulum's been, you'll see that it 
it's adjacent to where it's been, but it almost never, you know, there's nothing in the world or nothing in real physics that lets a pendulum just go back and forth like a, like a whatever, you know, it's always going in, in a spiral graph type of situation. So that's, I guess, the thing when you think about the, the pendulum swings, people go, oh, we can rest easy because now it's going the other direction. We're safe again. No, you're only safe until changes course and comes right back to this again. So we have to ideally be just either aware of that or able to, you know how people put a golf ball up to let you know, oh, we're about to hit the wall in the garage. You know, we need something like that, something to tether people the reality that, hey, it looks like it's going to go forever, but it doesn't. And you're going to be back here again. So don't get comfortable here, but don't get scared here either. Well, like just do something. Uh, I remember during the, the Trump administration when we had the majority uh, for the Republican supposedly pro-Second Amendment politicians, a lot of people were saying we need to push uh, the federal constitutional carry. And they didn't have, they only had 50 votes and you did, you needed more than 50 votes for some type of bill like that. So a lot of people were like, no, no, do it, no, do it, do it, do it. Get, get everybody on the record. And it doesn't make sense to just do something because it would have failed and then it would have put dropped to the bottom of the docket and probably never brought back up again. Right now, it's still on the docket. So when some people who are willing to vote pro-constitutional get up there it's already on the docket if they'd have pushed it and then they got voted down it had to go all the way back through committee and all that kind of stuff so just doing something wouldn't have been a good idea just doing something and banning the atf right away that might be helpful i don't know that for sure but it also might be very dramatic and we might not be able to handle something that chaotic Yeah, I think one side is is demanding just do something, anything now, right? Or, you know, with the urgency, while the other side is tendencies to, the tendency of the other side is to be willing to do things, right? Period. Like, they're willing to do things, but they don't agree on the urgency of the other side. Well, some people, some people also don't, don't think that what you did tasted good enough. Because you mentioned the Heller thing with the D.C. I heard some people talk about it, but just you guys, just us. I didn't see any in my recommended feeds where uh, the million super subscriber channels, and I didn't see it on the news or anything like that. I heard it on my local radio station. And then from you guys, uh, why, why wasn't that promoted by a lot of the real big super pro two-way news type of stations maybe they weren't i just didn't notice it because i didn't hear them but when something bad happens we definitely throw a light on that like the credit card thing everybody in the world's been talking about that but nobody said hey what about this win in dc with the with the carry thing That is one of the so I meant saying that means if, if you really want to see more than just the entertainment value, 
you have to look for more than the entertainment value because there's a ton of people out there that are firearms related, getting firearms news out there, getting Second Amendment news out there, and it's all just entertainment and fluff. And then there's real people out there that are actually accomplishing things and wanting to work with people and build relationships. And sometimes you just got to weed through those people and figure out. And unfortunately, some of those people might be your favorite channels. You know, uh, Gunsmith Johnson USA might be your favorite channel in the world. And he's really just there for the views and the clicks. And he likes 2A and he likes all that stuff. But, you know, he's not actually doing anything. He's just reporting on what everybody else is doing. And he shot some watermelons, so everybody likes him. And even that, the the watermelon shooters have have their place because a lot of people get, hey, look at that, he shot a watermelon. That's cool. I've always wanted to see that. And then hopefully, looking at the watermelon shooters, you come across. I seen Sonny Guns was out in the chat. He's not shooting watermelons, but he is real classic, real simple. Here's my firearm. This is what it looks like. This is what it is. This is what it shoots like. Thanks for watching. And he's his channel is growing pretty good right now because he's a real genuine guy with a genuine video. That's all another conversation. Two hours in, I guess. I won't dig in too hard, but... Um... One of my reasons for doing this is motivation and um, to inquire about folks' motivation. So in that case, uh, or I guess in that realm, I guess, um, you kind of were talking about uh, the larger projects that decide basically to follow trends and do things that are necessary. Uh, that kind of thing is you could i i mean i'm frustrated often at the the scale of um funding of the national level organizations not necessarily all of them because they all do pretty actually really good work with the amount of money they get but the way that people don't put that into perspective or scale right we have a organization with the nra that had been at one time 345 million dollars and because a guy spent twenty six thousand dollars on a suit which is pennies compared to the size scale of the thing people went nuts in a frenzy to let it fail to the point where you know it's lost its ability to do what it did and we lost a item on our on our playing field you know we lost a tool in our shed and in the process all we did is nothing we didn't do anything we just created some memes and stuff and anyway so i guess what i'm getting at is um, i'll be frustrated sometimes with the direction of the national level organizations and the resources that they can muster and what they choose to do with those and the directions that they choose to put those into. But that's ultimately, how do you say it? That's the explosions in the distance on the battlefield. You don't get to control that. You have to deal with them, but you don't get to control them. Sometimes after the fact, somebody will ask you, hey, were the explosions too close? Did they help you? Like, does that matter? Sometimes they're not going to ask you that stuff. And in reality, we just have to be aware of them. And figure out how to if we're going to be doing hand-to-hand or if it's you know cross trenches or what we're doing but uh to become more effective individual fighters and work together in groups right um 
I think we have to realize that there's a difference between what the giant players are able to do and do and when they ask for feedback and the, what our feedback is going to be able to do. Now, sometimes we can be effective as hell. You know, if they're throwing fire down where you don't need it, you can do some things to set some stuff on fire where they're going to recognize the that they have an issue. But you don't do that all the time. You don't need to. It'd be a waste of resources to do stuff like that all the time. So most of the time you just realize they're playing on different levels. You know, the Navy shooting into large artillery has more to do with the, what's going on with the next aircraft invasion than it does to do with the people that are taking the beach, right? Like we all have to understand that there's what we have our control over and what we are in the presence of and what we're perceiving and what we can affect. But then at the same time, stay motivated and understand that if we do nothing, then all that other shit is for just a bunch of money spent, right? Like it all, the, everything's an inner working thing and you don't have to appreciate where you're at because we don't live in a conscript world where, you know, you're, if you're in the trenches, you got to stay there. Just get the fuck up. We're not in an actual battle. Like go start working for somebody who does something massively different than what you're interested in, either in scale or in, in effect, right? Like, but I, I appreciate the people that are having the actual conversations, like you mentioned, a bunch of people that just have authentic conversations and share using the technology of the internet to bring people that are like-minded or have similar interests together to learn at whatever stage they might be and to learn from each other. Because that's, I mean, what unless we have robot nursemaids, that is necessary. Like we have to pass the information on and most of the people that think they're tip of the spear ain't got time to pass nothing along. They'll, like, they'll sign an autograph and they'll tell you about it in their memoirs, but you know what I mean? Like they're not part of it. So I appreciate what you're saying there. Um, it was just a rant, I guess. Just, I guess, mainly to say, don't be distracted. I guess I was going to ask the question, uh, how do you stay motivated? But at the same time also saying, hey, buddy, don't get too discouraged. Like the giant organizations, the giant pro. Well, I can tell you, I know most of the people you're talking about, I think. I think if you're talking about the same people and they're not individuals making decisions. They're working in groups and then with others and stuff. And they've got obligations and it costs money to have that kind of effort and everything. So, you know, they've got obligations that normal people don't. They're making poor decisions. I'll agree with you all day long. But I don't get frustrated anymore that they decided to waste their time and not do anything, squander the, the potential that they had. They've become, like you say, players that are sometimes you need a circus and a court jester, same way you need uh, you know, uh, infantry and cavalry. But I think would be an effective argument to make uh, for, say, the NRA, for instance. I've never, before I got in, I've never been a fan of the NRA because I've always noticed you get a letter in the mail, hey, we need help, send us money. And then next week you get the same letter, hey, there's more, we need help, we need more money. I've never thought that that was very cool, but I've always thought that fixing the NRA from the inside out is a much better story, much better media uh, attention, much better story for just uh, mankind, if you want to put it that way. The organization, two-way and all that, to be able to come out and say, hey, we know the NRA is in trouble because certain things are happening on the inside. We went in, we looked at it, we fixed it, and now we're better. As opposed to having the antis standing on top of the ashes at the end of the day going, ah, we finally got them. You know, but 
instead of just broadly attacking anything, the NRA or whatever it is, I'll just use them because they're the big target. Tell me specifically why you don't like the NRA. Not why people don't like the NRA, but why you don't like the NRA. And then you can tell me why you do like the NRA. Don't tell me why people like the NRA. Tell me why you do. I think those are a lot more effective as opposed to the, the mudslinging where, you know, like my topic, oh, the NRA just cares about money and they don't care about two-way, they're just money. And then the other guy that says, no, they gave kids some type of eagle back in the day. Nobody really, those are, those are blanket arguments that don't really help. Where somebody could say, well, no, I actually, when I went to the NRA course, it helped me do this and helped me, and da-da-da-da-da, that's why I like it. And then another person can say, well, John Smith at the NRA, per, you know, personally said this, instead of just the blanket, I hate them, I love them kind of thing. Right on. I'm muting that also. I got background noise too. So uh, sorry for the leaving hanging when I'm trying to fumble for my mic or my mute button. So um, because we're already hitting the two hour mark, I always tell everybody I'm going to try to make it an hour. And then if it goes to 90 and then we get the two hour and I don't, I don't want to make it go all night long, mainly because it's not fair to the people that are trying to consume this. I know a lot of people like to have the long format stuff, but since the show isn't always long format, it's kind of unfair to the people that think it's going to be you know, two hours or less for whatever, you know, their, their system is for listening to things. So with that in mind, I'm trying to see if anybody else out there has any questions that I missed or that, uh, that you definitely want me to ask, then feel free. Um, but I screwed up my notes here. Uh, I think I bored everybody to death by now. <laughs> um, I know that these can be just more like, you know, theoretical sometimes and having conversations about stuff that isn't super fancy but i really think that uh, people that are struggling with you know what they can what they can offer and if the time is worth it and you know well i did it before and i'm you know i'm not sure if i should do it again or that kind of thing um that hopefully these conversations are useful to those folks because we all know that uh, you know, there's the whole thing about if you change one mind or you get it into one ear, but in reality, it's the people that are putting in tremendous efforts um, that don't get much in return that we value and we don't always give them enough uh, uh, acknowledgement and appreciation. So I guess what I'm thinking of is those folks, I think, appreciate the heck out of this or hopefully we're building it for those folks if they find it or not. Um, I really can't find the question. I thought I had a good one. Uh, well, I do actually. Come on, where are they? I started copying and pasting everybody else's in here, uh, and I've gotten myself all mixed up on my order of stuff. That was that one. Maybe I accidentally deleted something. So I'll just end it with, well, I, I usually ask if you're the, if you, are, well, if, do you have two books that you recommend? Say, do I have any books that I recommend? I always ask people two books for some reason, just so that gives me something to ask that's unique. So do you have, you know, two books? You know, Tale of Two Cities is probably one of my favorite stories. 
Uh, uh, what is it? I know it's a classic, but what's in a nutshell? What is that one? Oh, it's basically about the French Revolution. In a nutshell, it's a it's a novel adaptation about the French Revolution. So it's not a documentary type of historical story. It's a made up story set in the French Revolution, and basically when the people the revolutionaries take over they execute everybody that was on the other other team <laughs> and you know of course there's a love story involved so one a guy loves a girl and then a guy is set to be executed so it's it's a pretty good story it's old uh there's you could probably find it on like your uh your classic movie tv channel if, if you watch one of those I think you can get that. It's old enough that it's what they call it. Like it's people will read it, and it's you can just get that on YouTube without even have to hark it. You can just listen to it on YouTube for nothing. Yeah, uh, there's a movie. They made a movie about it. The movie, even though it's probably my favorite movie, I'm also a very, very direct type of person i understand that a lot of iconic movies are actually pretty crappy and we just like them because they're iconic uh tale of two cities is not really that well of a made movie it's actually not that good at all but it's good to watch and it's a good story it's just the the filming is it's older it's not you know the cinematically well put together it's quite a bit different than the book as as every other movie is and a uh, second book, jeez, uh, I'd make a joke with Krabby and tell him to go buy Barricade Garage's book, but you guys don't know who that is. Uh, no, I, I, I couldn't recommend a second a second book, really. Yeah, if something comes to mind. But uh, I don't think I would have ever listened or uh, watched Tales of Two Cities, so now I'll definitely watch the movie and potentially listen to the book. So I've never had it recommended, so I would have never yeah, The movies, I think the movies, it's one of the older black and white movies, so I think it's only like 68 minutes long or something like that. You know, it's not one of those, you know, three-hour-long movies. Oh, I just assume that that's what we're talking about, so that's even, that's interesting, okay. Um, and then, uh, my other question, I guess it would be, well, I got two more would be, um, if you were the five, if you were the five-star general at 2A, they're about to do the gun rights policy conferences next weekend or a couple weekends from now, I guess still. And, uh, they decide, you know what, this guy's been around, he knows what's going on and we can trust him with the keys to the situation. We're all going to do whatever he says. He knows what resources we got available to us and. You know, if he says jump, we'll just ask how high and start jumping. So you got complete control of all the resources. We're playing this giant board game of 2A. You're the five-star general. Everyone's waiting to listen to what your strategy is. What do you do for the next five and then 10 years? Oh, if Are we in all full-blown warfare already? No, no, just 2022. It's just that at the gun rights policy, they're like, you know what? We're all spinning off in different directions. We'd be better off if we had one person who was just watching the whole thing. We're going to give him whatever he needs as far as research. We're going to jump when he says jump, and we're going to you know, let him create strategy. How would you use the players we got uh, in the situation we've got today? 
basically uh, a better way of saying it. hopefully it's a better way of asking well, we see the, the next five years the first thing i do would obviously be calling all my most trusted confidants uh people who i consider friends in real life um patriot in the dark you a couple other people i'm not gonna say any other names because if i leave somebody out i'd hate to be embarrassed but i'd call all my closest friends into a room explain where i want to go listen to each one of them explain wherever they want to go and set each person set try to try to figure out a way to set up an umbrella type of or or you know web of people because obviously unless unless we're talking about superhuman situation where i can just think and make things happen then i don't need anybody and i just make everything super 2a positive but if we're talking about reality then i'm going to put certain guys in charge of certain aspects the uh, nuts and bolts of teaching firearms you guys you go do this uh manufacturers you guys that are in the r d and trying out new stuff you guys go do this specifically constitutional rights oriented people you guys get together and you go do all this whatever resources you need you three or four people involved in that come to me and let me know what resources you need and we'll make that happen and then also encourage communication so if the r&d guys need to know obviously what the laws are they need to be able to call the law guys up and be like hey what's the new law and this new trigger that we're going to put in the gun uh and separate everybody into positions where they're going to be able to shine the most and use their skills and their knowledge and their passion to their highest capability it doesn't do any good to have a guy who wants to build guns all the way in the back of the factory doing paperwork, pushing a pencil around. Right on. Appreciate that one. Again, throwing, well, you might know that one if you're listening to the other ones. I asked that one to everybody, but uh, appreciate you being able to throw it at you at two hours in in the middle of the night. It's, what is it, 2 a.m.? No. Yeah, 2 a.m. by you now? Yeah, 2.13. So last one, and we've been chatting on a lot of these, so you may have already covered some of this, but I always leave the important ones till the end. Does having a solid opinion on mayonnaise offer you the ability to think rationally about the news of the day? Absolutely. And I think about that. A lot of people give me a hard time about a lot of the things I talk about, and mayonnaise being one, beer and wine, champagne another a lot of people that i hang out with enjoy their uh, adult beverages and i can't understand that because the taste the drop of any of that the flavor in my mouth is almost as bad as mayonnaise so when i think about what mayonnaise tastes like and then somebody says i put five jars of that on my one frito chip then I think you're a self-destructive person because you're not going to convince me that tasted good and you enjoyed that experience. So that helps me clarify the reality of the world around me. 
Or either that or I'm on the Truman Show and mayonnaise doesn't really exist and you guys are all just trolling me. Like a barometer or a Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It's disgusting. It smells where it came from, just the way it looks, what happens when it goes bad. Sometimes it's smooth and sometimes it's chunky and they mix it in all kinds of different stuff and try to sneak it and hide it. Which is, which is, I think, communism had a lot to do with mayonnaise being made. We all know that that's not good either. I brought it up to kind of make fun, but also to have some fun, I guess. But uh, also because it's super relevant, and I applaud you for being able to use it masterfully. Because food is one of those things that's foundational, right? We all eat. We're all mammals, so it doesn't matter what the hell you want to use to divide people. We're all eating food period right and then the choices you make and the things that you do autonomous what's the word like without thinking like without literally subconsciously subconsciously this one a-hole's cousin no his nephew came over here and started bossing everybody around and corporations started taking over and telling everybody what to do literally like it's crazy when you start getting into all that stuff and this one of those things is the people that uh or one of the uh, it's a word like the i don't want to say assumption it's the wrong wrong word but the just lack of awareness mayonnaise is an is an indication of that right like you just said like it's everywhere it's all over the place and if you don't like it or you don't like to eat it or you don't want to eat it or you can't eat it it's one of those things that you find it's everywhere and people that have the nut allergies those things that's the same kind of situation where a lot of people don't even think about it they just take it for granted maybe that's what i'm trying to say like people just take for granted, oh, there's mayonnaise in there. I don't care. Like I like mayonnaise, but I'm not going to taste it in there, so I don't care. But in reality, it's something that our grandmas would have made on a special occasion, I think. I think it came from kings and queens or something. And then our grandmas would have made it on a special occasion for like a wedding or something. And then it was like, oh, let's turn that into something we can put on the jar and it's not going to go bad. But the real stuff is made out of like raw egg, right? Like it's one of those things that I think you're better off if you really want to eat it, eat it. But the eaten the jar the the commercial version that's literally the same product everywhere on the planet i don't know i get it for stuff like twinkies right i get it for some stuff like let's have some stuff that we all know pop culture but manny something you're going to eat every constantly all the time yeah eat local well, like if you're it, it, manny, make it the one thing that humanity has struggled with since the dawn of time is our self-destructive nature uh, the nuclear bomb, mayonnaise, nine millimeter. Uh, humans just have a real glutton for for punishment, and we come up with things like that to uh, punish ourselves for some odd reason. I don't. Know, I think it's like the um, think of like you got to do something and you don't realize, and then before you know it, your legs asleep because this happens to me all the time. Uh, or at least. Well, with the dog and stuff something will happen you got like a leash stuck on your something and your legs asleep and you're like oh dang it i should have repositioned my leg an hour ago and i wouldn't be sitting here with my leg being asleep or you know falling asleep or whatever they call it um you know sometimes you just don't realize it it's like the the, the, the stew getting warm or the frog and the milk i don't know how that thing goes but you know the or the milk mouse in the anyway you know what i mean it's sometimes things happen slowly and people just aren't paying attention to it and that's why i dig when you uh bring up the mayonnaise stuff it's one of my attempts with the nine millimeter thing is to slap people wake them up you know give them a, a mental 
refresher, like a mental sprig of mint, right? A mental uh, refreshing glass of iced tea so that, you know, a palate cleanser, like, hey, wait a minute, you don't have to just take for granted that mayonnaise is everything, is in everything. Like, order it without mayonnaise. And guess what? They make it fresh. <laughs> if you order it without the mayonnaise, it means somebody took their time to make it and not, and maybe they even, now they're like, all right, instead of like going back and forth and back and forth and get to make one of the ones without mayonnaise on it. So now they get to stretch a little bit, walk over here. They're making yours up fresh. They appreciate it's better. They're using all the fresh ingredients. Nothing's been in saran wrap or whatever. The, they had to make a choice. Do I use those pickles that have been sitting around since Thursday or do I open up a new thing of pickles? Well, I'm now I'm over here making this one without mayonnaise on it. I might as well open up some new pickles. You know what I mean? Like, you never know what kind of world you can live in when you order something without mayonnaise on it. That's right, man. The, the, the chef is back there slaving over the perfection and the food that they're trying to serve to their customer. And then the line person is going to slather mayonnaise all over it and just ruin it. Yeah, like think of the dishonor. Like, oh, man, I got this thing just flavored up perfect. I've got the ratios of all the uganami or whatever the flavors are right all the fancy flavors that nobody pays attention to when they slather it up and then yeah it'd be like the ketchup on the steak thing same kind of uh lack of respect for the for the contents but anyway we're just grab rub ribbon at this point but i do appreciate that uh again you can uh have that levity and that uh ability to uh keep that as a tool when things get crazy and people need a uh uh, what's the word? Like, uh, hey, hold on, we're just playing on the internet here, you know? Yeah, a lot of, I, I'm super duper duper picky about the foods that I eat, and mostly everybody else isn't, so I know that to point out the extreme oddity that my eating behaviors are gives people a laugh and it's something that they can point at and, and, and make fun of. And I get a lot of memes sent to me about mayonnaise and stuff like that. And I think it's funny. I, I'm really glad that people can, can have fun with it. Speaking of food, not that many people have bought me food in reality. So thank you for the French fries. Still remember eating them. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure, man. It was, I'm glad to be able to, to meet you, man. All right, with that, we're wrapping it up. Thanks. I don't, if I missed something, I apologize. DJ's been dropping a lot of links out there. I do appreciate that. Uh, again, I usually would, in a typical situation, be interviewing somebody that like reps an organization or has a giant project or something. So I'll just give you the same kind of courtesy, though. If there's anything you want to uh, kind of plug or mention on the way out, of course, your own channels, but I guess uh, I'm just assuming that since you don't really do a show on the regular or you're not like the i don't think are you a co-host you're probably co-host with like rich or something that i don't watch one of the sports things or something yeah the only uh, the only live show that i do on a consistent basis anymore is the wrestling show with rich and i only really started doing that because rich is my buddy and he likes wrestling so i wanted to hang out with him and when i was a kid i liked wrestling and now i can just objectively look at the physical activity and the performances and i treat it like a tv show like no other any other movie that you would watch or any other you know sitcom or whatever that you would watch uh but i do the show because rich is my friend and he cares about wrestling so he asked me to do it with him so i do 
but everybody can send me all kinds of super chats. All you got to do is go to my channel and look at the link in the description and send you they're only five thousand dollar super chats so you, you ought to send those five thousand dollars piece yeah for people with cyber money that's like nothing people in like abu dhabi probably throw that kind of money around on the valet and if you don't if you don't have five thousand dollars cash to send to my house uh it's that's a five thousand dollar fine as well. So when you come to my channel, it's gonna cost you ten thousand dollars to click on my channel. Value that's a lot cheaper than one of the twenty thousand dollar channels that I've heard about. Yeah, it's discounts. All right. Well, with that, we'll say thanks again for joining us. Thanks to the people that joined us live. Uh, we are in the middle of the night. Here's the deal. I'd like to go all night. So if you want to uh, be part of that, consider throwing us a cup of. Uh, a cup of coffee each month. It's a place called Patreon. Let's you subscribe to projects that create things. Sometimes it's comic books. Sometimes people do, uh, I don't know, all kinds of different creative things. They build stuff. There's actual businesses, you know, creating products and stuff. You can be part of the uh, funding of the things that you value. And if you enjoy it over there, then throw a couple of bucks at us. We use it to pay bills and not bug you with a bunch of ads. That being said, I'm going to throw an ad at you here for our store which is the other way that we pay the bills and uh, we'll be back tomorrow for i forget now i guess i'm gonna go look real quick but each tuesday we take a look at a different state we'll take a look at a second amendment activist i'll tell you what since kingpin's in here and uh you can determine the future of tomorrow's show what second amendment organization should we chat about tomorrow or feature and which activist should we feature um let's see Second Amendment Foundation uh, that you should. Mm. There's the in Maryland. There's a there's a company called uh, there's an organization called the the Patriot Project. I think. Okay. Uh, you know, as far as the organization, I'm going to defer that to Krabby because once again, he knows way more than I do about the intricacies of all that kind of stuff and he'll know a name of a maryland gun organization that you can shout out i know he'd like uh, maryland shelly that's the one that i was thinking of actually so yeah we'll we'll, we'll go with that one right and on. uh let's see i'm gonna go i'm gonna give a shout out to guns and barbecue for the for the activist like i said he's he's newer he's been around for a while now but he's newer to the to the internet stuff that we do here and he's already got the almost nightly firearm show lots of firearms content uh about guns and shooting and ammo he's doing the what is series where he's trying to help people with basic questions that they might not feel comfortable asking Two-Way Women Wednesdays, uh, just really on fire. He really cares a lot about the Second Amendment and having open conversations. So give Guns Barbecue a big shout-out. Right on. That's awesome. Two valid uh, uh, answers. So we'll do that. Tomorrow it's Montana, so that's a tough one. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about those guys because I don't know anything. Well, not very much at all about Montana. 
Uh, although I went through a little chunk of Montana, it's pretty awesome. So I do want to go back. Or wait, is um, Banshee is in Montana? I believe. Is it Rogue Banshee? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, I know uh, G23 is pretty cool with him. Either that or Idaho, but I'm pretty sure it's Montana. But I'll double check. And again, well, thanks everybody for joining us live. Uh, if you want to check out something after this one, we have uh, shows every Wednesday, or excuse me, every Monday that are uh, interviews like this one. So we've had quite a few in the past weeks. Just check over on the Daily Gun Show YouTube channel for that. Uh, we're going to throw a link up to, or we're going to throw a commercial up for our, our store. And I'm sure DJ's thrown some links up to gear websites. Again, if you want to Grab something from our store to help us continue to do what we're doing even more, and that'd be awesome. Thanks for watching. Tonight's episode, Photo Finish. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. So let us know what you think. We'll be watching the comments wherever you find the video over on GunStreamer.com or on GunTube.org. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourages you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching GunWebsites.com. I just thought of something. You know what I need to do? I start at the end of the show. I'm just going to put the text of our of our exit little thing there that we have different folks have said for us uh we encourage you to take a ccw class every year practice every month and carry every day and uh thank you for watching gunwebsites.com uh i'm going to start putting that up on the screen and asking the people who are interested and willing to uh say that and then i'll have a whole bunch of famous second amendment advocates closing out the show that i can cork off and exploit for years to come you know that off top of your head? I think it's a pretty good idea. I like it. Do you know it off the top of your head? No. Yeah, see, I gotta get it to show up on the screen. I can put the text up on the screen. I just don't know it off the top of my head either. I'll, I'll shoot a video. I'll shoot a video and I'll send it over to you. Right on. Yeah, anybody that wants to do that, uh, we're still live, by the way. Uh, anybody that wants to do an end video for us all you gotta do is make a video or audio send it to us in audio or video and i'll probably only going to use the audio but uh i use the video on barbecues or on uh, woods's but anyway thanks again everybody for joining us we'll, we'll be back to